0: Dun, 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 dun. let's go girls do out of that
1: Welcome to Bonus Experience. We're a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. Maybe we should start saying queer people. I could go either way. I could go
0: either way, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Also, we swear. Die mad about it. Uh, We are also coming to you live from the last week of the Exalted Essence Kickstarter. Oh boy. Uh, This next week is release week, so this may actually come out then I don't know what you want to I think we have one more episode in the bank. I don't know what you want to do. We have
0: no more episodes in the bank. Okay, well this is going to be our episode for next for next week. So you're we're going to finish recording
1: yeah. this and then you got to edit it.
0: I got to edit it. Yep. Godspeed. I got to do about it.
1: Uh so so uh who are you? I'm Ray. I'm an industry
0: professional. Mm. I do a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> um, I, I didn't prep my list. I do okay. lots of writing. Right yeah. now, the only thing on my mind is fucking Exalted Essence, and I gotta finish, I gotta write God, and yeah. I'm on the Dragon Companion,
1: yeah.
0: and I've got some extra, like, side hustles I picked up recently, and yeah,
1: I'm, I'm just like, yep, I do things, and I'm doing <laughs> them right now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Monica, I also do things, and I do them right now. Uh, I have tried to not <laughs> to disconnect from the essence of kickstarter but i i can't you just can't i can't. can't it's impossible it's,
0: it's a combination of like my work is being perceived uh-huh. and also people on the internet are being
1: wrong right now it's yep. so hard to disconnect from this yep <laughs> boy do i want to argue with everybody who's misreading things and i'm like no there's more of them than you <sighs> there's so more of them <laughs> than you
0: yeah 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 solar charms just dropped today and then i was like i'm not gonna even look at the chat because i don't want to cry and then everyone's like oh no they're they're all in like a really good mood like fussy toddlers like oh they had their naps <laughs> yeah everybody had a nap and a snack like and now but, um, <laughs> and now they're in really good moods and they're being very generous like charitable and i'm like i'll right, back into the chat and yeah yeah i then i had to minimize it because we were fucking recording a podcast mm-hmm. i don't yeah. want to get in the chat
1: yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come back to 300 unread messages oh fuck (laughs) all right well yeah today we're gonna talk about something we're both quite experienced with game writing after we just did that whole spiel (laughs)
0: about writing games uh... about
1: writing games yeah but we're we're not just gonna talk about game writing in general but we're gonna talk about the way writing for a game um, and specifically i think leaning maybe more towards adventures and like the craft of what goes into a source book um, and yes. how that can be like planning a story and vice versa. Yep. Also, this is Ray's wheelhouse. So I'm <laughs> going to be my turn to ask the questions uh, and everybody Wait. buckle up for a Ray heavy episode.
0: All right. I did my vocal warm ups. Yeah. <laughs> We're
1: good to go. Which sounds
0: like, <laughs> do you like that? I do that for a while. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I also want you to know that, um, My friends, my home friends, have become quite big fans of both bonus experience and uh, systematic understanding. Uh, Oh, nice. And the cold open is their favorite.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite, too. Please keep listening after the cold open.
1: (laughs) All right. So hold up. BXP, us, we have previously said that you shouldn't treat a game like your unfinished novel. So what do we mean that writing for a game is like planning a story? Doesn't that seem Uh, hypocritical? Okay, it does seem hypocritical. You're right. <laughs> Episode over. <laughs> got yeah, up, it. wrap you win. We're done. Everybody get out.
0: You got me. Um <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah, write, writing fiction is a captive audience experience. Like you are the only one writing it. You get to decide what happens to everyone. You are the sole arbiter of what goes into your fiction. And the only agency your readers have is whether or not to keep reading your fiction. Um But a game is largely collaborative. Your audience is your players. And they, through the player characters, actually have agency. They have a say in what happens, as well as whether or not to keep playing your game. Um, Writing for games means leaving blank spaces and what-ifs and divergences. Um, You're trying to leave room for every possible story, as opposed to treating it like a novel, which is open and shut this is how it starts, this is the middle, and this is the end. Um, writing for a game, you basically start with, this is the this is how it begins. And maybe a little bit of guidance on, here's how the middle might go. And then the end is like, I don't know, what do you think? Um, which can be kind of intimidating for people who are used to writing fiction. And it can honestly, it can also be really freeing for people who are used to writing fiction. Because really all you have to do is come up with the hook you just need to come up with like wouldn't it be fucked up if and then you write that um really both fiction writing and game writing involve the same principles at the end of the day both of these are storytelling and they benefit from similar structures and similar conceits so in
1: that regard it's a little closer to like writing a choose your own adventure book or a choice of games novel or a visual novel yes which are all games yes which are all games yeah Um, except that you don't get to choose the outcome the participants do. Yes, (laughs) You you can only plan around possible options, um, but you need to be flexible and willing to move your plot points around if the people in your game make some bonkers-ass decisions. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. they will. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, I think, segues us really nicely into our next point, which is how can I use game writing to improve my fiction or fiction to improve my games? Okay. Um, I have a lot of experience with this.
0: Oh my God. So I, I started, um, I've been a fiction writer basically my whole life. Um, ever since I learned how to make stuff up, I've been doing that. Like it's my job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I started as a fiction writer and then moved into game writing. Um, so one of them really heavily informed the other. Um, that said, I've learned a lot about both how to write fiction and how to write games as I progress along both of those tracks, if that makes sense. Like there's things I learn about writing for games that I go, Oh wow. And I can apply that to my fiction. And then there's stuff I learn about writing fiction. I go, Oh shit. And I can apply that to writing for games. Um, So some of the stuff I've picked up from game writing that I now use in fiction writing um, is honestly fucking character sheets. Uh, which is I used to, I used to kind of like I'd see those like here's a character questionnaire, a hundred questions to get to know your character. I always, so, as you could tell by the way I just like delivered that line, <laughs> I, I always sort of been kind of derisive of that as as a time waster. As this you could be writing instead of answering what your character's favorite dessert when they were five years old was. Like that that has no bearing on anything. Um, but character sheets are really useful for. Visualizing, visualizing your character's capabilities, uh, their motivation, and really importantly, their deficiencies, the things that they can't do well, which I think some people kind of fall by the wayside on because either they've made a character that's too perfect because they don't want them to be bad at something, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, who wants to be bad at something? Or they've heard a character has to be bad at something and then they pick something completely off the wall, like she's clumsy. Like I was just about like. to she's, be like, aha, she's, clumsy. she's so clumsy or or something that's really like off the wall that has no part in your story whatsoever um but it's it's a good way to get like a top down view of what's important to your character and what what they can what they can do how they can influence the story um, and then uh a lot of different games have different tools for planning your campaign, which is just i mean that's literally just plot that's 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 just outlining for plots, (laughs) Um, especially in uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games. They have different, uh, like different, like Apocalypse world and Dungeon world will have fronts, which Mm -hmm. are I love fronts.
1: Oh, they're so good. They're such a good like plot creation structure. Really, it is. We could do Um, a whole episode just on that.
0: For 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 fronts, um, you can use those to detail antagonist motivations and how specifically they're going to intersect with your protagonists. Um, obviously this is good in a game because you want to know what your bad guys are doing and how they're going to fuck with your players. But in fiction writing, it's a really great way to get like, again, a top down look at what do my antagonists want? What are they going to do to get it? What kind of effect does this have on the world around them? How are the, how are the protagonists going to see that coming through? Um, that's that's and basically then,
1: just Apocalypse Worlds think off screen. Yes. Yeah. yeah you need that's... you need fronts to
0: think off screen really like effectively. Um, then and then as a this is pretty small as, as compared to like the other things I've just brought up, but it honestly has also really helped me with my fiction writing. As microscopes, um, every scene has to have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause anytime you want to zoom all the way in, cause microscope is for anyone who isn't familiar with it. It's a, it's a very um, almost like a fractal like history and world building game where you can, you can start at like the, the era level of this is a, you know, some centuries of time and we're going to sum it up with a sentence and you can zoom in all the way down to like the scene level which is like this intimate, like here's two characters who are going to decide something important to the history. But the only time you want to do these little intimate one-on-one role-playing scenes is when there's a question to be answered. It can't just be like, let's see what happens when these two people talk. Like, you have to have a question of, okay, so how does the king react when he finds out that his wife has betrayed him to their enemies? Like, you know, it's, okay, there's your question. (laughs) Let's let's find this out. Um, And that's such a simple like even even the no duh but it it really helps you zoom in on on what's going to be important in your story because if you're writing these scenes that really don't have points they're just fun that's fluff that's not going to get your that's not going to get your plot moving it's not going to get your characters moving um just in general any book with a gm advice chapter that's basically a fiction writing chapter it's <laughs> basically all advice for writers if you're writing like character and plot forward stuff i know some of the high end like like, literary, you know, postmodern shit that's going to be, like, man versus God or man versus his divorce from his wife is not going to really find anything useful in a GM advice chapter. But if you're writing, like, genre, like I do, you're going to find that stuff invaluable.
1: So I, I don't have a whole lot to add here. Um, Let's <laughs> cool. Like, Just keep going. Yeah, I like, you touched on a lot of things that I would have already said, like, fronts are a really phenomenal way to build plots. and oh, fronts are uh, and so like, good. It, like basically, like you just said, you can just take that and use that for your book. Yep. Because yep. that will that will make you think off screen for your own characters. Like mm-hmm. when when you're book planning, you are controlling the choices all the characters make. And sometimes um, there's the fun of the emergent property of like, oh, this surprised me, but it did come from you.
0: Yeah. Even yeah, if it's, even if
1: you surprised yourself, I'll
0: have a lot to say about that
1: later. Yeah. Because I've come like I've ping-ponged on that issue so many times yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe we should put a pin in that do the mid-episode break and then come back to that because we have a lot to talk about on that yeah, subject already, in particular are we already doing mid-episode break yeah where are we in the chat recording where are we in the chat minutes. recording 20 minutes I'm, that's yeah well, that's a solid beginning of first half of the episode given that we fucked yeah, around like, for a while ten minutes, fuck around. all right cool we do mid-episode break yeah also it's going to be a long mid-episode break because you're gonna Talk about I got stuff to talk about. You got stuff to, to talk about. All
0: right. Anyway, I'm gonna get my coffee. Go get your coffee. Okay.
1: Do you want me to do the BXP in the mid episode break room while you get your coffee? Uh, or do you wanna come back yeah. to that? Okay. BXP in the mid episode break room are brought to you by the misdirected Mark Network. Bing. Thank you. <laughs> Become a BXP patron. Patrons get to chat with us directly. They get some special discord roles and exclusive hangouts, which we need to be better about scheduling.
0: <laughs> it's been a hell of a month.
1: Yeah, it has been. It's been rough for all of us. Uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month, and we truly appreciate everything you donate to us. We love it so much. Um, if you'd rather support BXP without committing to monthly payments, you can still buy a coffee, ko-fi.com slash bxpcast, and buy our stuff go to bxpcast.com bxpswag bxp swag and check out our merch page don't forget bxp is sponsored by nerdy keppy you Ooh. can get all kinds of rad queer swag and now there is a bonus experience collection which you can find yes. on on our swag page don't worry <laughs> Been so uh, excited about it. It's it's awesome. You can get a shirt that says die mad about it. You can get a mug with the BXP logo on it. You can get a bottle opener with a version of our logo that looks like a LaCroix logo. Did the Margaret hat make it? I think the Margaret hat is on there too. Uh you I got a sample a of says the Margaret. Margaret. I got a sample of the <laughs> Margaret hat that looks awesome. I cannot remember if I said, okay, go ahead and put it on the page. I think I did. It should be there. If it's not there, um poke us and I will ask. Spider you can, get, yeah, can get it. Yeah, can get it. Can get heavy. a fidget spinner. Yeah, you can. You can get. There's a ton of stuff. And if you aren't interested in our BXP stuff, uh, there is a shitload of other really cool Pride stuff yeah, on that yeah. site. Use code BXPCast checkout for 10 percent off, and it never expires. It Never expires. You can use that whenever you want. Yeah, all you can time. just come back if you if you want a new. If, if you only have enough money to buy a mug this time, but you really want to buy. Um, one of the Pride Skull shirts, of which I own several. Um, <laughs> they are so cute. I wore one to a wedding and everybody was like, where did you get that shirt? <laughs> I'm I'm Max Vax. I'm street legal. It was safe. Before anybody's like, how dare you go see humans?
0: <laughs> we got our shots. Yeah.
1: Good. Uh, also remember saying nice things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google. Uh, I think we're on Spotify. I I don't know. We're all over the we place. Are. We're in yes. a lot of places. Wherever you listen, give us a good review because that puts us in the view of more listeners, and that's what we want. Also,
0: yeah. If you're on the Discord, you heard about this. I didn't. I don't think I've talked about it like on the tw- like on the public channel, like Twitter and stuff. But I have in the same vein of we've had a hell of a month. Um, Was it two weeks ago that everything hit the fan? (laughs) We had a huge, we had a huge week of rainstorms. Um, And then the same, in the same day, we find out that our AC has broken and our sump pump has broken and the basement flooded. So we, that was the same day, very stressful, very upset. Um, We did not have the capital to fix like anything Um, until, Um, you guys showed up honestly. Um, and it's, uh, I, I still don't know what to say. Honestly. Um, Monica organized kind of like a, like a fundraiser basically, and, and got everyone up to speed on what was going on. And you guys really helped my family a huge amount, like took a huge weight off our shoulders. We were able to get new AC units. We were able to, get our basement squared away so that it's actually like not a biohazard anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we could not have done that without you. And I am never going to forget that you guys showed up when my family needed you. And I just think that's cool as hell. Cause I'm just here, you know, rambling into a microphone about my, my hot takes on games. And it's like, uh, it's like a community at this point, which is weird. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate everyone who, who showed up, everyone who donated even a little bit or, or, or couldn't donate at all and just said, hey, that really sucks. I'm thinking about
1: you. Like, like all of you are incredible. And thank you so much. I'm looking at our email. Um, I'm not very good at mental math. Uh, what is eight plus 13? 21. Plus two more. 23. 23 donations. Wow. How many people <laughs> sent us money? Uh, that's
0: that's honestly it's very strange to me. And we, I grew I grew up in kind of a weird situation where stuff like this is always like, okay, but what's the catch? And it didn't really click for me until like I was telling my sister, like, I can't believe that like what do I do like how do I repay this and and the way she said it was just oh they're just they just wanted to flex on how much they love you and I was like oh 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 and that that finally like crystallized for me yes you guys have absolutely flexed your stuff (laughs) I I know exactly how much y'all love me and my family and it's it's honestly I I still am without words about it
1: and people got to show up and play some games with us which was fun yeah
0: we got to play jackbox um we did what did we play we played some quiplash did we play quiplash we played tko played tko Um, we played trivia murder party oh yeah i spanked everyone at trivia murder party (laughs) Um, (laughs) and we played Gardic phone
1: which was amazing i want to play Gardic phone all the time now (laughs) i phone was what we played for my birthday it is so fucking fun
0: i had a blast and now we, have, now we have window AC units because they're way cheaper than $5,000 to get a whole new AC unit. And it turns out that they don't even use as much energy. They're just like a little uglier. <laughs> so
1: yeah.
0: kind of a blessing in disguise. We're going to save a lot on their energy bill. <laughs> hey, win-win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Well, that's enough of that.
1: Okay. If you like bonus experience, you'll also like They're a Super Geek, which is the brand new version, uh, the evolved form of She's a Super Geek. Ooh, um, phase two. Phase two. They're a Super Geek is an actual play one-shot live stream created by three... I don't... Do we pronounce this acronym? I know what it stands for. Uh, Yeah, but... Is it BIMPOC? Pronounce... Did you say it BIMPOC? That sounds terrible. BIMPOC. B-I-M-P-O-C, <laughs> B-I-M-P-O-C? also sounds terrible whatever Eh, uh, yeah black (laughs) indigenous black indigenous mixed race people of color (laughs) players to highlight the voices of marginalized folks in the tabletop role-playing game scene uh they feature gender marginalized gms and a diverse rotating cast of players tune in every other thursday from 9 to 11 p.m eastern on the misdirected mark twitch all right And, and now back to our show
0: I looked at the chat. I'm sorry. It's okay. Someone was talking about how they liked one of the terms I wrote. So I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if I would like to write fiction. Yes. I mean, I, I already do. But let's pretend I'm standing in for the no, audience. No, you already. You know, you say if I like to write fiction. If I, if I like to write fiction and I wanted uh-huh. to get into writing setting or narrative for uh-huh. games, what would I need to keep in mind? Oh, Again, I'm standing question. in for the audience because these are. All things that are. I true, mean, yeah, that you
0: already be. you already write <laughs> it. You <are> already <laughs> setting. It. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, th- well, the biggest thing you have to remember is uh, games are collaborative and fiction is not, as I said before. Uh, but this also means not just like you know your players and shit, but if you're writing for games, you're probably working with other writers when you work on these games. Um, unless this is a really small production and you're like one of two or three other people, you're probably writing. Setting to interface with rules or to interface with, you know, the loot that's coming later in the book. Um, but, you know, on top of that, you're writing things explicitly for other people's use, people who will have basically zero contact with you. So your stuff needs to be evocative and it needs to be open ended. It needs to be something that a GM or a player could work into their own story without you there to provide guidance. Um, you've got to be looking for hooks that have no clear answer or solution, or even multiple solutions. Um, you're thinking, uh, you're, you're trying to think of you know complex NPCs that have the potential to bounce off of any number of PC facets, um, or complex issues that have the potential to either let a PC shine at what they do best, or challenge them at something they aren't good at for that drama. Um, the big trick with game writing as opposed to fiction writing is you're not out to solve the problem. You're there to encourage other people to step in and solve it for you. Um, beyond that game writing is. Honestly, really, really fun, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of cross training for fiction writing. Because um, writing for setting is is world building, basically. If you want to write for setting, then hone your world building. Um, and I don't mean in the sense of make it so crisp and so good. I mean that you need to learn how to edit your own world building. You don't want to be making conlangs or excessively obsessively detailing the silverware that they use you're You're supposed to be building things that are exciting and provide inspiration to other people who can just jump in and run with it um, and then writing narrative, writing adventures and and, stu- and characters and stuff that's that's basically outlining a plot. If you want to write adventures for games, hone your plots um, again, you don't want this to be exhaustive you're not looking for something that's beat by beat and no plot holes at all, and oh, this is so tight you're not trying to detail every possible outcome, you're just giving someone else the tools necessary to take the plot that you've come up with and fucking run with it. Um, Which goes back to what I said before about how really you're coming up with a beginning and then maybe part of the middle And then, like, the end is up to you. Like, here's some possible ways it could end, but your players at this point could be so far off the beaten path that there's no way for us to predict what they're doing. Here's some help. (laughs) Here's some some help with that. (laughs)
1: Uh, Getting good at outlining plots will make you aces at story writing period like you will get so good at it if you can conceptualize the major beats you can free yourself up to fill in the points in between both as a gm and as an author uh, Mm -hmm. which allows your creativity to shine and that creates that thing where i said well you might surprise yourself if you're writing a novel right like yeah yeah uh, but in when you're running a game you leave room for yourself to be surprised by what the players choose to do Right, um and right. that leads us directly into our next point which is let's talk about the benefits of playing and writing to find out.
0: Yeah. Um so in fiction writing you'll you'll hear this from time to time um that there's this idea of there's the plotter the plotters writers who who plot everything and outline everything and then the pantsers which are the people who write by the seat of their pants. They have no idea what's going on and they're just they're writing it as it comes to them. Um, I have always hated this. (laughs) I, I hate the infantilization of um, pancers and some people even go as far as to say that they're, that they're plotzers, which is (laughs) planters. like they do both. And it's just stupid. I honestly, I have always hated it. Um, not just for the terminology, because I feel like, you know, we're writers. There's got to be a better way to fucking describe this. <laughs> but um, but I also, for a really long time, hated the idea of not plotting. I didn't like, like, why would you write something without an outline? Why would you do this without knowing what's going to happen? And I, and I honestly had a lot of derision for people who would go on about, oh, my character took over. Oh, my character surprised me. Because I to me for a long time there's no I mean there is no division you are your character you are your character well, yeah we can we can get cute about it but you decide what to write your character doesn't decide anything your character doesn't exist you created that character but actually like role playing has taught me a lot about the virtues of not plotting everything and letting your character run with it i mean if you can forgive me for talking about it like a character has agency separate from the <laughs> creator I I've, I've learned a lot about that. I I played a lot of I played a lot of free form roleplay when <laughs> Fire Emblem 3 Houses came out. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you remember us talking about. It did. Um it's
1: very stupid.
0: <laughs> that oh, it was a lot of fun though. Yeah, I it learned was. a lot. It it taught me to to loosen up and it, and to just get into the headspace and really understand the character that you're playing and realizing that plot can just arise from that. If you know your character's motivations, if you know what challenges them. You can find a plot just from that without having to like write down this is going to happen and then you're going to react like this. Um, it's uh, you don't need to have a plot so much as a series of challenges and the need to find out how those challenges are going to be overcome. Um, it's it's probably no surprise that like we here at Bonus Experience are not fond of people who obsessively plot their games. <laughs> um, <laughs> it completely like it's it saps your players of any agency and it it turns your game into the one man reading of an audiobook starring me, the game master, which is, that's not a fucking game. That's just, it's just open mic night. Nobody wants that. Um, honestly, I've, I've started to come to, I've, I've started to feel that way about fiction writing too. I, 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 I'm not full into the, the weird, like writing is magic idea of, Oh, the characters are separate from me. They, sp- they spring from my forehead, but I, I, when I don't leave room in my writing to literally play with these characters like action figures and like mash them <laughs> together and figure out like, oh, but what if this happened? Oh, how would they react that way? The plot feels really flat and forced. And I it, it's honestly, it, oh, it, yeah, freeform role-playing taught me a lot about writing and how to just fucking let go. they <laughs> learned to stop worrying and love freeform role-play. There's this,
1: recognizing that like the characters are not sentient they're not their own thing they are pieces of your imagination that you created and you are in control of them but there is this interesting phenomenon where like when you like you just said when you free yourself to play with them um and let these expressions of fiction take on like a life of their own in your mind that little aspect of yourself will make decisions for itself. If you give it the freedom to play. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Which is, which is you making that decision, but that like distance you put between yourself and this little, little emotional thing you've made (laughs) makes it feel like it has made its own decision.
0: For a kind of a, a a self-referential and self-serving example, um, in, uh, in Rhoda Shampoor, the Freedom Stone book one on sale on the $4. Storyteller's book ninety nine. Well, yep. Um <laughs> there's a there was a part when I was writing it that I was like, all right, this there's this this random NPC who's able to tell them about like, okay, here's what's been going on, you know, I'm gonna give you the lowdown. Like basically exposition old man showed up. And was telling him about, like, here's what's going on. Here's what we need to fix it. Will you please help us? And as I was writing this old man, I was like, man, this is a really helpful old man. <laughs> and I was just like, I'll get, I'll get back to it later. I'll get back to it later. And um, it wasn't until later in my draft that I realized this is a sidereal. <laughs> like, this hit me. It, when it was such a weird moment for me to have, like, oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, this isn't just some random NPC anymore. I've decided that this is actually a guy... Who knows fate is in disguise, is trying to manipulate like literally is trying to manipulate and is aware that he is exposition old man because he's doing this for a purpose. And it was such a like a wonderful surprise that I created for myself. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> the sidereal surprised me even. That's great. Um yeah, playing to okay, playing playing to find out another big Powered by the Apocalypse concept that I'm constantly cribbing. I, I mean, we could just have a whole podcast about Powered by the Apocalypse games at this point. <laughs> um, yes, you can come up with some cool stuff on your own for your game. But I guarantee that at least once a session, a player will pull something out of their head that just blows you away. And that's why we play to find out instead of plotting for every contingency. And the same goes for writing, honestly. You've, you write to find out.
1: And as I said before, in other and in other episodes, I find it's a good idea to create tent poles or milestones that you can always lean on to build your story.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
1: If the players need to encounter the prince as part of this part of your plot, because your plot you are you as the GM are also playing. Um, And so like your story ideas do also matter. The 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 task is finessing it in such a way that, it, that you're not overriding everybody else's choices. Right. right. And you can go yeah, listen to yeah. the art of railroading, which is one of our earliest episodes. So I think the audio is terrible and I'm sorry, uh, but it's a good episode. But It's a really good episode. <laughs> um, But okay. So like the players need to encounter the prince and that's something you need to be flexible and shuffling around because that's important to you and the thing you want to tell. Uh, So maybe you intended them originally to meet her in her court uh, but they never bother to go to the palace. They They aren't interested in it. Um, you can't get them to go there. Uh, but you're like, fuck, she's really important to this beat, and I can't divorce her from that. So instead, you have her approach the PCs later in disguise to present them with her problem, which is a really fucking cool hook that wouldn't have happened if people hadn't made a different choice. Right. Yep. Uh, so, like, you have to if you have things that you want to happen like you may have planned out this whole court scene and in your head you certainly may have thought about like the light through the stained glass windows and the decorations and all that stuff because we all do that don't worry uh but you have to be willing to let that go uh and then find a new way to present that information uh and then you get to think up a whole new scene or be surprised in the moment when you pull that out of your butt (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> take uh, a moment
1: to go wow at yourself yes <laughs> at, at yourself um definitely plenty of instances where people made a left hand turn where i was totally expecting them to go right and i just moved what was on the right hand side over the left hand side uh right, yeah. and, and <laughs> changes were and, always in the forest at, oris, no matter which way you go yeah uh and this changed that back around to like fit the left hand scenery instead um and my pro tip is that you can always keep notes <gasps> I know, Mm -hmm. I know. Of the choices (laughs) that have been made. They don't have to be super detailed notes. Uh, And then use their choices based on the things that you wrote down to remember to link together future plots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which... And you can do it retroactively where someone is like, Wait, was that old man a sidereal the entire time? And you're just like, Yes.
0: Yes. How would you know? You're so How'd smart. You know? And now everyone's happy. Right.
1: And it makes you look like a genius who planned that out the whole time. You don't you don't actually have to plan super far in advance. Uh, good GMing is is finesse and improvisation and just yes. and just linking two things together and then when someone goes Hmm, I think this mysterious gentleman who keeps showing up to help us is maybe a god shapeshifted or a sidereal or some other weird mysterious benefactor. And then if you had, you were just like, he was just a guy, but your players are <laughs> super invested in, in this character being supernatural, you can just be like, well, I guess I'll start seeding in hints that he is. Yeah, yeah. It, change it if you want to. Uh, yes, I mean, even sure, in mid-flight. <laughs> there sure is something to be said for sticking with your guns. Uh, but like now nah, he's just a regular guy you jump to conclusions but that's sort of a letdown <laughs> yeah it's not as cool yeah
0: uh, you know i'm, I'm much I'm more saying... in the
1: camp of if it's cool then fucking do it it's yeah, a game then... have fun yeah absolutely um i there's something to be said for being like not everybody has to be magic but like if everyone is yeah. invested in that idea make it true
0: yeah if it's like one guy he's like what if this is a sidereal ill will and i was like whatever then don't. yeah but if the whole the whole table has started to be like oh that sounds like something a sidereal would say you <laughs> can continue on with the whatever he's just a mortal guy until you know the big reveal no. when he like fucking drops charcoal of spiders on them <laughs> <laughs> i knew it i knew it
1: <laughs> uh, i guess that leaves my part of this uh-huh. well monica yeah
0: Yes. What about the technical aspects of writing a game? Oh,
1: well, this is like this is like maybe its own episode, but I'll just touch on it briefly here as we're we're wrapping up. Um, technical writing is usually the part that covers the mechanical aspects um, or the parts of the game that like tell you how to play the game. Um, and that is wildly different, <laughs> uh, yeah, because that needs to be as clear as possible, because that's when you're yes. writing instructions for people for how to use the fucking thing, um, and you are not <laughs> there you are not playing to find out or anything like that. It is almost in fact the opposite of almost in fact the opposite of of writing it over you gotta find story. out and
0: then play <laughs> right uh
1: because that you have to tell people what to do. Um yeah, and yeah. as I've been discovering in the past month that sometimes if you leave things a little <laughs> bit open ended, uh people interpret that in the weirdest ways possible.
0: <laughs> Death of the author, even when the author is sitting right sitting there sitting right, right
1: there. <laughs> yeah, like uh and when when you're writing things for people to use, you have to do stuff like that where you're like, "This is how you use it, this is how many in game resources it costs. this is what it looks like. this is when yeah, it goes off yeah. here is what it does- here is how it interacts with the system's special writers at the end, or whatever. You don't have to always write it in that order, but like you need to it needs to be clear the difference between this is what the rule says and this is what it looks like yes yeah. yes that i would so, say is is mandatory in, if you were writing short, any kind of power
0: <laughs> in short the technical aspects of writing a game have nothing to do with fiction no <laughs> it's, absolutely it's that, like that's, that's animal
1: that's the the punchline i guess is that like technical writing is something different and that's another episode like, <laughs> 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 but i did want to touch on that here on the off chance someone reads the uh header and is like well what about the rules oh god oh.
0: No, not <laughs> It's been a hard month. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so that's just me saying the rules do, in fact, matter. They're just written differently.
0: Yeah, we just don't write them like fiction. Yeah. That's not the purview of this episode. It's not. Anyway, love you guys. Where you can find our show. It's bxpcast.com. It's part of the Mr. Mark Network. Bing. Gonna,
1: we're we're got gonna... it? I had to mute
0: for a second. Okay, okay. I, had make, I had to make a sound.
1: Okay. Um, Monica. Yes. Um, where could they email us? If you want to shoot us an email to ask us questions about stuff, uh, you can shoot it to bonusexpcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, what about
0: what about Twitter? We have a Twitter, right?
1: Uh, we we do have a Twitter, and you can you can fire off questions um, to us on Twitter. You can tell us that we accidentally uploaded the audio for the wrong episode because we were in a hurry <laughs> um, to the to the public release. Uh, that's a great way to get a hold of us. Um, and that is at bonusdxpcast on Twitter.
0: Uh, what about you, Monica? You got a Twitter?
1: I do got a Twitter. Um, it's yeah. been yeah. mostly just me screaming about Essence. Um, <laughs> and then I've been kind of radio silent lately. But we've got a week left, so I will probably be back at, like, back the Kickstarter. Tell your friends. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At uh, And every other time, it's, like, either art or Retweets or talking about game design, and if all of those things appeal to you, you can follow me at Zenith Sun.
0: I'm I'm Ray W. Cole on Twitter, and lately it's either Essence or um, Art and Backstage Notes on the Freedom Stone Book Two, not on sale on Storyteller Vault for $4.99 yet. Yep. Hopefully another month and a half, I think, and I'll have Book Two out. I know everyone's really excited about it because there's gonna be smooching. There's at least eight kisses in this one. At least eight (laughs) kisses. I counted. (laughs) Incredible. One of them got a little. There's a little. It's kind of a blurry. It's. You'll see. You'll see. (laughs) It's very exciting. Um. All right, everybody, get out. All right, I I gotta go. It's lunchtime. (laughs) And remember to change it if you want to.
1: uh, Don't break it if it's not broken. Don't break it if it's not broken.
0: That's it. All right. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bonus well, experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. The podcast theme song is Reuse Morse with Light by Analog by Nature, used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons License. Our cover art and logo are by the very talented Nemo Studios. And now, I return to the incredibly high stakes world of children's card games. See you next time, and remember, winners don't do drugs.